Hello all, this is Big B, the DM, just checking in on you up top here for a change. So, uh, this episode is a little bit late, I'm sorry about that. I flagged in the mid-roll of the last episode that it would be a bit late because I've been in China all week for work, etc, etc. Anyway, we think it's a fantastic app, and as a bit of a bonus, it's a little longer than a usual episode, so hopefully that makes up for the delay. Um, what I definitely forgot to flag in the mid-roll of the last episode, because I am an idiot, is that this is actually a special episode. It's a self-contained adventure outside the regular story, although I do want to stress that unlike some of our other special episodes, everything that occurs is official canon for HGW Laid. It takes place in the same world as the rest of the story, it's just a new one-shot adventure with some new characters, but it is I want to say contemporaneous. It's happening sort of roughly within the same time frame as the rest of the show, just somewhere else in the world. Uh, Why are we doing this? Well, uh, we do explain actually what's going on pretty early on. I just didn't want you to be confused by a couple of new voices. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy it. It was a heap of fun to make. So here we go. What were you saying? What's your what's your yeah? Okay, uh, so yeah, you guys are talking about how you're short, how you're short dice. I am also short dice because I just returned from the the United States of America via United Airlines, right? Mm -hmm. And they lost my fucking suitcase en route from Seattle to San Francisco, and my dice were in there, and I don't have them because they're still fucking in transit. They're coming to Australia. Fucking United Airlines, man! I will never fly that airline again. They are fucked. Oh, now this is the 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 camel's back. (laughs) Yes. Did you tell yes. them that you were a doctor and they dragged you off the plane? Like that, that hot... <laughs> <laughs> no, I told them that I was a doctor and that, oh, there's more to this. Okay, so the thing was okay. that I got there to the airport at, at um, Seattle and I've got like two pieces of checked luggage included in my ticket. So two pieces that are up to 50 pounds each, which is fucking... Uh, like, 22 kilos. Yeah, 22, 23 kilos, but it's yeah. in, you know, American money. And I get there and I put my suitcase down and it weighs like 57 pounds. So just over. And they're like, oh yeah, you can't check that in. And I was like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but like, I'm entitled to an entire another 50 pounds in a separate bag. So is there any way that you can just bend this one for me? And they're like, mm, no, because they need it for like weight distribution in the plane. And if any bag is more than 50 pounds, then it makes it harder. And I was like, well, that's it'll not spin the true. Plane out. It's going to crash the plane, Benjamin. They, they, they perfectly balance the bags on either side of the plane. That's how they do it. That's, that's the, aeronautics. Right. right. That is true. They actually do balance the loads in the plane. But the thing is that you can pay them so that they'll slap a sticker on the bag that says heavy so the dude who's doing the balancing of the loads knows that this bag weighs slightly more than the other bags and knows to take that into account. So I was like, so it's not just about the balancing of the bags. It's about the fact that you want to like gouge me for money. And they're like, mm, yeah, sorry, those are the rules. And I said, okay, so to clarify, if I go get another suitcase and I fill it with my seven pounds of shit and then 43 pounds of just irrelevant <laughs> garbage, that would be your preference so there's an additional 43 pounds of shit you have to haul on your plane you would prefer that over just giving me the heavy sticker on this bag and they were like yes that's what we'd prefer so just get like a plastic bag and throw a couple of t-shirts in there yeah so what I did is that what you did yeah yeah I just got like I had a backpack and I just like moved half of my shit out of the suitcase into it and I was like here now there are two bags deal with that They said they. I know people are always like, you're never gonna, you know, use maths outside of. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant, dude. And then they lost the bags, and that—that's the thing that really irks me. (laughs) Is that they made you do that, and then they lost them. Did they lose both of them? Well, yeah, I don't have the bags. They probably thought it would be a lot heavier. (laughs) They probably. (laughs) 
probably just assumed like the weight wrong yeah. and it went flying down the other end of the plane. That's on you, yeah. dude. They had a big, strong man who works there whose job is to throw the bags onto the thing and he just has, like, a, 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 a force that he uses for all of them and he picked up my very light bags and accidentally <laughs> threw them all the way across the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, airplanes are hard. Uh, all right, do you want to start the show and we'll... Yeah, explain what's going on and yeah. who these people are and everything? Yeah, it sounds yeah. very good. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, colon, Eastern League Stories. That's right, it's a spin-off podcast, kind of, sort of, that's in the main feed of HW Laid, a D&D 5e actual play podcast for the Curio Network. I'm, as always, your regular-time dungeon master, Ben McAllister, and joining me today are some unfamiliar faces. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Jackson Newsett. I'm not uh, an unfamiliar face. I do <laughs> yes. want to... Now, Eastern League stories, are we yes. set on that? Because I was thinking... Are we like, married to it? You might say I came up with it on the top of my head <laughs> as I was, like, mouthing <laughs> the words. Like a they lot were... of baseball movies you could have fun with. Like, it could be, like, A League of Their Own or something like that. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Rookies of the Year. I thought that could be... Yeah. That could be fun. You sort okay. of run out of things after then. But is there like a... Yeah. What's that, that minor league film or something like that? Or like Big yeah, Little League? Yeah. That could be something. <laughs> Benchwarmers? Benchwarmers, <laughs> yeah. Angels on the outfield, depending on if we go as like a celestial route. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just on Google looking through a... Baseball, baseball movies. That's abundantly <laughs> clear, Jackson. So <laughs> is, it, is it really? I it would really... Yeah. Um, it happens we, uh... every spring? No, that's nothing. But yeah, I'm Jackson Newsett, uh, and who are our Rookies of the Year? Hello everyone, I'm Elliot Vella, it's a pleasure to be here. Hello, I'm Erin Taylor, it is also a pleasure for me to be here. Well, there you go. That Thank is you. You guys are sounding like some real Amazon ambassadors right here. <laughs> uh, we love our jobs. So, uh, if you're listening to this and you're a regular listener of the program, you might be like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Where are Grace and Tom? And why am I listening to two new people? Although, admittedly, they sound lovely. At least I imagine that's how you're reacting to it, the listener of this program. <laughs> but, hey, so Grace and Tom are currently on <laughs> sabbatical, I guess. They're um, in the UK as part of their course, and we just, like, could not get together to record something. So we decided we were going to do a little in-universe kind of bonus slash side story thing so this is going to be like a, a self-contained arc that takes place in the eastern league which is for regular listeners of the show they'll know the kind of mysterious collection of city-states to the east of the kingdom of Carthus, where the regular show takes place and we're going to follow some new characters on a new adventure jackson's going to jump in and play a new character and Aaron and elliot are going to play new characters and like we're not sure if this is going to be a recurring thing or if this is going to kind of be a one-off thing, but, like, it is definitely, like, canon and in-universe of HW Laid. We're just, like, shifting focus onto a different group in a different part of the world. But, um, fret not. We will, of course, be back to the main story before too long. This is just a little bit of kind of, like, 
bonus content to, to fill a time when we couldn't get a regular episode together. That's true. Now, I hate to derail everything all the work you just did, but I did find in my uh, baseball jokes uh, a film okay. called <laughs> Kill the Umpire from 1950. Yep. Uh, and okay. basically the first line of plot for this film is, Bill Johnson is a former baseball player whose fanatical devotion to the game has cost him several jobs. He remains steadfast <laughs> in one thing, he hates umpires. Matters are complicated <laughs> by the fact that his father-in-law, Evans, is a retired umpire. <laughs> So, I retired. I, yeah, oh no! There's more plot there, but uh, what what a great pitch in 1950. 1950. That's kill the no, they were like 50 years ahead but of the also, curve with that. How do you lose several jobs because you love baseball so much? Like surely, yeah. like like you lose one and you're like, you know what? Maybe I need to rein this in. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get my shit together. No <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't keep losing jobs behind this shit. <laughs> Yeah, wow. We should watch that. Yeah, hey, alright, so here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. How about instead of doing HW Late Eastern League stories, we just watch that movie that Jackson just found? Yeah, 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 great, great. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll turn this into an episode of Still Interested, our TV and film uh, reboot remake podcast, yeah, currently on hiatus. Currently on hiatus. Hey, so should we should we jump right in? Like, I guess, like, we'll get to introducing your characters in turn, um, mm. but I've prepared a little kind of, like, monologue intro to the world and the campaign and everything, and, like, ideally this is, like, the Star Wars credit crawl, like, where it's just going right. to be, like, yeah, happening <laughs> over, and I'll play some music under it, probably play the Star Wars music, if I'm... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm you, 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 you've, been so, you've been talking to Disney? You got the... Yeah, yeah, I got John Williams' personal approval that's fucking to wild, use dude. yeah i actually i did i saw him i was in you know i'm not sure if you're aware i was in i was in california recently and <laughs> like i did find yeah like, i went to hollywood and i knocked on john's door and i said john my podcast we need you yeah smoking that legal reefer i know i know what you're like <laughs> <laughs> dude i smoked john williams the fuck out <laughs> last week John Williams and I got so stoned, and he said I could use his great Star Wars music. <laughs> That's a successful trip to California. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, anyway, here it is, without further ado. You find yourselves, once again, on the run. This probably isn't an unfamiliar sensation for you. You've been evading the roaming patrols of the Eastern League's Domestic Peace Enforcement Agency for weeks. The affiliation of city-states in which you all live, known, of course, as the Eastern League, has always been suspicious and vaguely mistrusting of magic, preferring instead to put their faith in new technology. Unfortunately for your group, these sentiments seem to be growing in recent years. As the war with the neighbouring kingdom of Carthus has raged on, the League has grown increasingly authoritarian and controlling of its populace. A host of new technologies have enabled greater social control, but none are more fearsome than their favourite new toy, the Warforged. The Warforged, as you know all too well, are semi-autonomous metallic constructs. They're fearsome in battle and serve the goals of the League without question or thought. Thankfully for Carthus, the Warforged haven't been debuted on the front lines just yet but it's only a matter of time. For your own reasons, you've each come to be working with a group known as Vox Arcana, an underground resistance organisation who oppose the League's authoritarian anti-magic practices. Your group, within Vox Arcana, has been tasked with the transport of a critical magical artefact, known as the Disruptor, to members of the organisation on the other side of the border. You were en route from one of the city-states, Radigan, 
to meet up with a hermit sorcerer known as Kincaid, who is another secret member of Vox Arcana. Kincaid was supposed to give you directions for the next stage of your journey to Carthus. Travelling through the ever-diminishing woodlands of the League, which are rapidly being harvested in order to create more war machines, your group, which was formerly led by the wizard, Pyman, was ambushed by a roving party of warforged enforcers. Only the two of you escaped in the chaos, but you did manage to retrieve the disruptor from the hands of the dying Pyman. Also, critically, you managed to capture the wounded body of one of the warforged leaders who had fallen in the fighting. Now, a day later, the two of you are resting in relative safety deep in the woods. After spending some time catching your breath and patching yourselves up, the wounded warforged begins to stir. Its mechanical eyes slowly ratchet open. What does it see? And I thought this would be a great opportunity for you guys to introduce your characters and describe both what they look like and also how they fit into the world. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll press on from there. So why don't, why don't we have a look? What would this Warforge see as its mechanical eyes slowly ratchet open? It would see the half-orc, Brenda. <laughs> she is very tall and very wide. She doesn't know oh. why she's here. But she's happy to be for now. <laughs> oh, okay. So Brenda's a half orc barbarian. You said. Yes. Um, to clarify for for people who are more interested in the mechanics, we've jumped these new characters in at level six just to make things a little more interesting. So Brenda doesn't know why she's here. What are we? What are we meant to? What are we meant to take from that? Well, I believe that Brenda <laughs> was quite a heavy child. And was most likely too heavy for her travelling family and left in a bush somewhere. Oh! So she's grown up a hermit, a loner, but she's still... She's alright. She's She's pretty good with it, you know? Yeah, right. So she's just pretty, like, go with the flow kind of... She's like, go with the flow until she gets mad. Right. Okay, okay, okay. I love that. So she's, like, like big for a half-walk as well. Yeah. like, She's a big gal. Big gal. Okay, great. Yeah. I love a big lady. How did she come to be <laughs> with uh, Vox Arcana and this group? Well, my backstory will actually fit into that, I think. Oh! Yes, because I, I didn't have an that. answer. <laughs> great. Okay. So I am Kevon. Uh, oh, I love this. <laughs> Brenda, Kevon, Pyman. Hey, uh, all... <laughs> yeah, Pyman was quite a... <laughs> Hey um, no, it's Pyman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Apologies. A uh, human druid. My character's background is that he hates the mechanical changes that are going on within the Eastern League. However, comes from a group of druids who all thought that if they could side with this mechanics and then help them build their society, then they could sort of protect the druid ways from within. And Kevon hates this, and so left his <laughs> left his his people. He disagrees strongly and thinks that they'll be betrayed He's as soon as they it. use yeah. his runout. So he left his people, burnt down their sacred tree. Um, oh and- no! Why <laughs> yeah. would he do? Wasn't wait a minute? 
it. Isn't he like anti-industry and pro-nature? No, no, but you see, Ben, before burning it, he actually took a branch off of this tree. Oh, and shit! And plans on replanting it when he finds a, a, a group of people who have the same beliefs as him, yeah, you know, yeah. and they can form their own society. So he, he sort of took away the Druid's PlayStation sort of thing. Like, yeah. You can have it back when you're a better sort of society. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, do, you, do, you think, do you think maybe that's like why he joined Vox Arcana, basically just like as a way to get to Carthus? Like, yeah, that's just it. like, oh, this group's like smuggling shit and I'm just going to go with them. That's it. Except on his way to join them, runs into Brenda in mm-hmm. the forest uh-huh. and sees that such a, a big woman has had such a connection to nature and lived there her whole life. And so they bonded uh-huh. over their, their connection to, to the earth. Hell yeah. Their love of nature. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And, and so, Brenda uh, and suffers very... from abandonment issues. So if she's happy to be taken along... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, cool. I'm mean, a friend. It's good for her, you know? Great. This is a really yeah, healthy right. relationship okay. we're building. <laughs> a guy that burnt down his like, family home just about uh, out of spite. Yeah. And then a, a gigantic half hog with abandonment issues. That's <laughs> yeah, a classic yeah, D&D that. party, actually. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and a, a semi unconscious mechanical man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what does um, Kevon look like? Like, what's he. Paint, paint a little picture for me. Um, very short. Very for short? For a human. Okay. Very short. Like four, probably uh-huh. four foot seven. Four foot seven. Four okay. foot seven. Yeah. Um, but obviously short, short man syndrome. Very, yeah, he's yeah. very passionate about what he believes. Uh, long brown hair and purple Big eyes. <laughs> Big black boots. Yes, with the fur. Big black boots. <laughs> <laughs> he's so sweet with his get back stare. Um... <laughs> Okay, so you're probably feeling a bit like, well, fuck. I mean, I guess Brenda probably doesn't really care, right? She's just, like, along with it for whatever. Yeah, she's just hanging but, out. But, like, <laughs> Kevon is probably like, shit, I didn't want this responsibility. Like, now you're the last people left from this group that are carrying this item called the Disruptor, which we can get into a bit more if, if you like. You probably would have, like, some idea of what it is. Vox Arcana, obviously, like, being this pro-magic group, they're, like, really opposed to the Eastern League's anti-magic sentiment, and they're especially opposed to the Warforged, who are this, like, new thing, and, like, they're, they're really worried that when the Eastern League debuts the Warforged like on the front lines of the war against Carthus, they're just going to steamroll. So they've developed this magical tool that they call the Disruptor, that they basically want to get into Carthan hands because they're pretty sure it's going to like really fuck up the Warforged and allow Carthans to like have an edge in the war. So that's like, that's why they're trying to smuggle it over the border. And like, you probably would be vaguely aware of that, but you probably aren't aware necessarily of what it does like you've just been given this box by the dying pyman being like you have to <laughs> you now have to get this box yeah. to Carthus. like it's now up to you and uh yeah yeah right okay what do you think you guys do do you think like you feel do you think you feel any duty to like want to actually complete that quest or do you think you're just like fuck me uh, for now i think it's more of a con- like we're going there anyway so we may as well take we gotta it go plant us. our branch in the ground yeah so <laughs> yeah. if we can take our branch. <laughs> yeah, it's our branch now <laughs> and i share brenda the branch <laughs> brenda actually carries the branch for me now. yeah <laughs> how big is the branch it's like a twig to me but <laughs> so it's like it's probably taller than my guy well, that's I think. Not bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, not a huge bar yeah. to leave. Yeah. Probably like, yeah. Like a five foot branch. Yeah, yeah, five to six foot, I reckon. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. I really love the idea of this like big half orc with like a sapling in basically a baby Bjorn. Yeah. Like, he's just like strapped <laughs> to the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> just, like... I've got him in a papoose. <laughs> 
with the branch over my shoulder. Papoose. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I will and with my free hand, branch. got the duva. Yeah. <laughs> the duva? Yeah, the duva that's going <laughs> to save the world. <laughs> She's simple. Yeah, right. So she thinks of it as the duva. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's great. So this, like, <laughs> Warforged that is controlled by our one and only Jackson Newsom, who's a member of the Warforged leadership. If you don't know what a Warforged is and you're interested, Google it. Basically, they're just, like, robot men, like, kind of, like, semi-sentient yeah, robots. Yeah, kind of like stone, like stone, wooden, metal robot boys. Um. They're very cool and very fun. And, yeah, I mean, like, you guys have got this item, you've just escaped, you've patched yourselves up, and you've got this Warforged that you took with you. And it's kind of like, I imagine it's kind of like bound and gagged, but it's woken up there and it's on the ground. What do you think your first course of action is? You know your, like, primary mission was to get to Kincaid, this hermit sorcerer who lives somewhere near the woods that you're currently in. Um, You'd have, like, a vague idea of where they are, so you could try and, like, navigate your way there. Um, And you've got this, like, Warforged. I'll wait for your instruction because if it were up to me, stomp <laughs> on its head. <laughs> but I think they've got a relationship now. She checks in with you first. So I will say this, like, what you will have been aware of again, like, you've got this item, the disruptor, that you're pretty mm-hmm. sure is supposed to, like, fuck up the Warforged. Like, Pyman was talking, like, he was the leader of the group that was smuggling it about how, like, one of the things that they wanted to do was, like, test it out on any Warforge they came across. Like, it was like, we may as well fucking see if it works, because they yeah. hadn't done that bit. Well, first, I think I would inspect it a little bit. Uh, as my people have been involved in, like, uh, mechanics and life and the combination of that in helping the Eastern League, yeah. there would be a natural oh, curiosity there to like, be, like... Have as I- in, do you know anything about this? Like, yeah, have you like, seen it before? is there similar technology? Have All my right. people been involved? Uh be, um... Okay, so wait, which thing are you inspecting, just to be clear? Um, it's it's face. I oh, think. the Warforged, oh, the, Warforged. No, the Disruptor. Warforged. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, the Warforged, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Go ahead and take an investigation check, my dude. Okay. So you want to roll a d20, and then you want to add your investigation. I got an 18. Uh, that's going to be pretty Oof. good. Pretty good. What's your investigation? So that'll probably... Uh, yeah. So 19. 19. That's great. Nice, that's very high. So I would say, okay, that, that tracks, given your background as, like, the fusion of, like, mechanics and life. Like, yeah, this is probably, like, the, the most up close you've ever been to a Warforged. I would say, like, the first time you ever saw them was when they ambushed you, like, yesterday. And now you've, like, got one and you're looking at it. I'm not sure how Kevon feels about this. Like, whether he considers it, like amazing use of magic to like bring life to a place where there was no life or whether he considers it like an aberrant abomination but i think you like that's what you understand it to be you see this like vessel made of metal and wood and like definitely constructed but something has been done to it to like spark life within it you can see that it has intelligence it has a brain but you also know from what you've been told by the people that you've been working with that at least for now, the Warforged that have been created by the Eastern League are like mentally under the control of the Eastern League. Like they, they aren't okay. free. Mm-hmm. Right. So at this stage, I think we're just going to use the Disruptor. <laughs> the oh, Duva. The Duva, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah, right. How, how does that work? It's go straight in. <laughs> how, yeah, how does it work? Has it got yeah. a button? So, so have you... Okay, so it came in a box. I, I guess we're assuming you've opened the box and looked inside it. Yeah, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. We get it. We <laughs> <look away. laughs> and if you push her nose, the, the robot explodes. Yeah, and it's- 
<laughs> yeah, it's a perfect replica yes. of Gwyneth Paltrow's head. You push her nose and her eyes open and blast out the trouble. Yeah, love it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's... Are you reading my notes? How did you... <laughs> no. So the thing about the Disruptor, if you open, like, the, the wooden box that it came inside, it is made entirely out of, like, rich mahogany wood. It's a cylinder that looks vaguely one-shaped, and it's banded with, like, delicately engraved gold and silver bands that wrap around it. It has no uh, buttons or anything. It's definitely a magical item and not a mechanical one. Right. Mm. Well, I don't want to... I don't want to break it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably like a size. Like, of I don't just want to go for it yeah, and, like, yeah. you know. Is What's the Warforge doing at the moment? Uh, well, Jackson, what is the Warforge doing at the moment? It currently, like, is under the control of the League. Its prime directive is to kill these people. But it is bound and gagged. I, yeah, I think you can probably... Like, I think its eyes are just scanning the surroundings and, like, the two creatures in front of it. And it probably wouldn't be that much of a leap to think it's, like, trying to figure out how to, like, escape its bonds and also, like, dismember the two of them, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I love dismember as the choice of words. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, limbs. I'm sure the Eastern League has some use for, like, (laughs) stolen limbs or something. I don't know. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's barbaric. That is barbaric. What are we going to do? Is it up to her? Well, he's bound and gagged. Mm. Tighten him. That's what I want to (laughs) do. Um... Okay, oh, well, should we give it a go? I think we'll give it a go. Should we use the Well, because we don't, we don't know how to use it. We don't know how to use it. Well, you could try and figure it out. I mean, you're a druid. You're a magical yeah, boy. Yeah, try and figure yeah. it out. Do you yeah. that be like, would that be like uh, arcana or investigation? Or? I, w- I would say that would be an arcana check or an investigation check if you wanted to try and figure out how the thing worked. Yeah, okay, yeah. Can I pick it up and see if I feel anything from it? If it's, there's any familiarity that uh, helps me. Yeah, I mean, you, you're a magic user, right? Like, you've got spells and shit. So, yeah, like, yeah. the idea of a wand is, is not exactly foreign to you. Like, you pick it up and <laughs> you're like, fair, this is a wand. <laughs> <laughs> take, take an arcana check to see if you can, like, figure out how it works. So, d20 and then add your arcana modifier. Plus one. Okay. It's a 13 plus one. Yeah, okay. Um, I would say that, like, with that, like, you don't fully understand how it works. Like, you can't figure out, like, exactly how its magics work. But, like, based on just your knowledge of, like, wands in general, you you know that, like, whatever spell is inside it will basically, like, or should, if it works like other wands that have spell charges inside them, should be activated by basically just, like, pointing it at the thing you want it to do a spell on and, like, trying to will it to occur the same way that you will, like, all of your other magic to occur. Oh, yeah. Well, I, w- I would like to give that a crack then, Ben. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so you, you pick up this disruptor and you inspect it for a second and then you go, oh, it's a wand. And then you just like <laughs> flick it down at the captive warforged on the ground. And this uh, bolt of like a multicolored light that sort of z- like it's jaggedly like lances through the air and then strikes the, the captive restrained warforged. And then... Well, nothing visibly changes to you guys, but as far as the Warforged is concerned, I don't really know how to describe the effect of suddenly gaining free will and full (laughs) consciousness, (laughs) but you all of a sudden, Captive Warforged, feel like the, the mental shackles that, like, basically are like, I have to kill these people and return to the Eastern League and fulfill my prime directive are lifted. And it's almost a like... A single tear rolls down up. your face. 
It's motor oil. You know how people used to like crack a head, like crack an egg on your head. You know that whole thing. Oh, lovely. People, like, they, That's they nice. They crack the it? egg and like the hands. Go, you know what I'm saying? Does that make Not any really. sense? You know that thing? No, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about, dude. You know, like an egg. Yeah. Like an egg hat. It's like a egg fun head. thing that kids do. It's kind of weird, but yeah. you like you like pretend to crack an egg, but you just clap, and then you pretend that it's oozing down them, but it's just your fingers. It's like, yeah, it's like an ASMR. <laughs> sort of, you know, it feels like a, that sort of vibe. I don't know. You know. It's like, it's like ASMR. Basically, the wolf okay. goes through like heavy ASMR, <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh. Yeah, nice. And the he's a, he's, a, he's at a barber, like... he's getting a haircut, it's really, it feels really, really <laughs> Yeah, nice. Mm. Wait, wait, Jackson, then let me try and give you some ASMR so you can really roleplay it. Okay. So, you feel a little magical bolt of light, and it <laughs> strikes across your body, and all of a sudden, you feel that, like, you've got free will, and you can, like, do whatever you want, and, like, you're a sentient being, and you don't feel like you have to kill these people anymore. <laughs> Did that? Did that do anything for you? Oh, uh, uh, fucking! Oh. That was so gross. <laughs> oh, I'm going to publish that audio as well. The poor audience. <laughs> we have to. We have no choice. Uh, yeah, I think he's sort of like shaking, shaking his head, and like trying to like. I mean, he's still bound and gagged. So like, like he just kind of like looks up at his uh, the his captors really, and it's just like sort of staring at them. But like, you can see that there's like a a difference in. I don't know. Energy, spirit, whatever. A, a difference in energy? Like, he's yeah. giving out a very different vibe yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of flirty. He's playing some, like, lo-fi hip-hop. <laughs> he's yeah. doing he's a, a kind of flirty vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind, of, he's kind of, like, really reclining back and that sort of thing. It's, like, a little sexy? A little sexy, yeah. Can, little I, can I test it? Can Brenda take his shackles off and just, like, hold him down for a minute to see what he's like? Yeah. Of course you can. Do you loosen his shackles and try and pin him down? Yeah. What happens when your shackles are loosened? Uh, and also, what's this Warforge's name, by the way? How does it think oh, yeah. of itself, this, like, a newly fully sentient being, Jackson? Yeah, can it speak? Yeah, I mean, if, if it's not in a bound, which I guess I am. Yeah, no, no, I, I'll let you off. But I'm, like, holding, holding you down. down. Yeah. I think he just looks up and he's like, oh, God, I'm going to do a character voice, so I've been really, like, toiling over what to do. Yes! Yes, Jackson! <laughs> um, I think he looks up and he's just kind of like, where am I? Oh, I love that! Yeah, go on with a bit of a Hal thing. I thought, like, yes! should I do, like, a Schwarzenegger thing, but I just don't have uh, it. I like it. Like, I was, I, I feel like... I love. It's nice. A Mr. Burns thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what you feel like. <laughs> Mr. Burns, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's like a, a slight bit of amnesia, basically. Okay. Mm, right. I, well, I reckon I perceive... <laughs> But you're not so bad. Oh, yeah? And I let you stand up. Okay. I'm still ready to go. Like, I'll pounce on you if you run or anything. Yeah, but she's ready to I throw the have... fuck down. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm prepped, but test the water. Go on. Yeah, cool. Have okay. a wander. Um, I, I guess, like, the Warforge gets up and, like, sort of, like, testing its, like, legs and that sort of thing and moving around. Because I guess it suffered a fair bit of damage, hey, Ben? Mm. Yeah, but we're saying that, like, enough time has passed that, uh, what D&D would call a long rest has occurred. Yeah, great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Loved a lot. Yeah, everyone has recovered. Yeah, terrific. Um, I think he's sort of, like, uh, I guess testing his body, like, looking at his surroundings. Just um, testing his body, you know, putting yeah, himself yeah. through his face. He's <laughs> fucking crushing so many push-ups, and he's, like, yeah. robotic, so, like, there's no real limit. It's really speedy <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just doing, like, like lots really and strong. lots of push-ups. Okay. Very flirty yeah. energy as well, as we already established. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up on it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he turns to the other two and he's like, 
My name is Unit 6, Face Class. Who are you? <gasps> I am Brenda. <laughs> this my friend. Kevon. <laughs> that's, that's, he's quite a bitch. He's quite <laughs> I am Kevon. I'm going to approach Unit 6 and test if there's any difference between what I felt before he was hit by the by the spark and and now Oh you mean like you want to do another investigation? Yeah, yeah, on? like see if there's a different vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. Do it. I uh, seventeen plus one. Eighteen, baby. Oh man, the rolls. The rolls on these checks. Yeah. So Thank you, you, you definitely like <laughs> Yeah. Sergey Brin's a big fan. He's in there like, give these guys some good rolls. <laughs> I imagine that you found Google and they're like, well, you can run the dice roller. Like, there's no, there's no mathematics behind it. He just picks a number. You, you press it and he's yeah. like, oh, there you go. Yeah, anytime you roll the dice, Sergey Brin sits in his house, rolls his dice, and then like types in the, <laughs> types in the numbers. So you definitely like with that high investigation check as you approach it, you would see that its demeanor has completely changed. You get the impression. Just from looking into its eyes, I guess, with that great investigation check. That, uh, yeah, it is a soul. It is a life inside this metal and wood frame. And it definitely feels different. Like, more peaceful and more complete. Okay, right. Well, Unit 6, do you remember anything? I think Unit 6 probably, like... Now, I don't think too mechanical, but, like, you can almost, like, tell he's, like, sort of, like, going back through, like... Well, not like because uh, it, it, it's not like files and that sort yeah, of thing, reboot. Right? but like it's a it's memory banks. Yeah, exactly. Goes to his, goes to his memory palace. Um, Unit Six then responds and is like, "I am Unit Six. I am an infiltration unit, but I have limited knowledge as to the intentions and plans of any other warforged in this vicinity." Um, my role is to uh, infiltrate areas of interest. Uh, install myself and carry out whatever objectives are required of me by the Eastern League. So they function on their own. Is that what we're learning? That they're not. Yeah. So this is like a. I, I guess what I'm thinking is that like this uh, Warforged is meant to be like a a single operative in that sort of thing. Right. Right. And right. then okay. he thinks on this because he sees that you should try to process and, and then says, "Allow me to demonstrate." And then he pulls up his right arm and he has this like integrated tool, which like basically like from his wrist, like he sort of like hand folds back in. Um, and there's like a variety of, it's, it's kind of like a weird, something like a multi-tool sort of thing, but he then moves between this like pack at his right hip and starts like pulling off pieces of his face. Which he then like a very Game of Thrones kind of vibe. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but, but more like individual pieces, I guess. And so, like he's sort of like pulling out where like cheekbones are and that sort of thing, and leaving like a more skeletal sort of like metallic looking thing. And then uh, from that pack, he starts pulling out these pieces of like I guess facial facial musculature and that sort of thing that look human. And you watch probably over the next like minute or so as this thing builds like a remarkably human looking face. Right. Um, and uh, looks a lot like ha- Javier Bardem. Just that's the. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but like Javier Bardem on like a Robocop body. So it's quite. It's so quite the flirty energy is. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. It's Javier Bardem. Think... He's, definitely got, he's definitely got the haircut from yeah, No Country. No country yeah. <laughs> He's very Anton Chigurh. Well, that, that definitely kind of wrecks it a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So that's a little demonstration he does for the two. Uh, like flip a coin and we go on a date, sort of a thing, <laughs> instead of killing him. <laughs> hey, that's what happens in that movie, right? He shows yeah. up, flips a coin, you go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> that was the edited for, edited for the plane version. <laughs> yeah. God, oh, he looks boy. so bad in this movie. I hate, I hate looking at his stupid bowl cut. There's interviews with him talking about how long he had to keep that haircut for, and how he was just so upset with it, like six months of just the worst haircut. <laughs> yeah, that's what he channeled into his acting. Because yeah. he's such a handsome lad. Yeah. Was he married anyway. to Penelope Cruz at that time? Imagine going to like an awards night or something like that yeah. with Penelope Cruz. She's there being Penelope Cruz and you're fucking Anton Chigurh with your fucking bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, here's a fun one that just came to me that maybe you guys can do something with and like mm-hmm. let me know how you feel about it. Is what if we came up with like a fun summer cocktail called Pineapple Cruise? And it was like kind of like a pina colada, but like inspired by Penelope Cruz. What? <laughs> kind of like a pina colada. Is it a cruiser a or a pina colada? Mm. Oh, maybe like it's like a fizzy oh. pina colada. Maybe you're using oh, like, like you top it off like a float, like a spider. Oh, you know, because it's like coconut milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I okay. really like pina coladas. I'm, I think, okay. yeah. <laughs> I think if we added some fizz, then we could have a pineapple cruise. Pineapple cruise, yep. I reckon you could do it. You could do a sponsorship with Vodka Cruiser to like make it. You you know, like how those like those brands are kind of like, oh, this summer drink, and it's you just use our drink and you add like soda. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not saying you do that, but you know. So a pineapple cruise is like a, a more concentrated cruiser pineapple flavor that you're meant to add soda water to. Is that what you're saying? No, Jack? no, oh, it's like a, a pina colada, yeah. right? So it's like yeah. got coconut milk and blah blah blah, and then when you pour a pineapple cruiser in, it's like a spider, like a coke yeah, float, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's a pineapple cruise. Now it's pineapple cruise. Yeah, it'll be like foamy. Yeah. Fruity. Foamy, fruity. Got a little sherbet rim on top yeah. as well. That's always fun, you know. <laughs> little, little I'm going to make a pineapple cruise tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> Get a little pineapple cruise moustache. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that's great. Okay, so now that we've discussed pineapple cruise, uh, that, I'll check that off my notes here. I'm glad right. we got to that part. It's time to move on. So, shit, you've just seen what this Warforged is capable of. You've seen that the Disruptor seems to, like, I don't know what your intelligence is like. I guess it's plus one, at least for one of you. And I assume pretty poor for Brenda. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a so minus one. Stereotyping, Ben, but yes. Yeah. But you are right. Yeah. So. <laughs> You've seen that like this disruptor seems to make them more peaceful. And yeah, what do you what do you think you do next? How um can I ask how much like how are we in a rush to get to this person that we're meeting in the forest? I mean, not necessarily, other than the fact that, like, you know you got jumped yesterday by a roving band of Warforged, and, like, right, yeah, yeah, you yeah, probably want probably to avoid going. that. So no immediate deadline other than people are constantly trying to kill you around here. <laughs> 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 Which is somewhat pressing. <laughs> okay, I think, uh, given my background, I don't trust Unit 6. Huge. Even though I've inspected it and feel something different, I'm still not buying it. To be fair, he did just put on a face in front of you. Yeah. I wouldn't trust anyone <laughs> if they pulled off their face and put on a different face. It was also concerning, yeah. yes. So I'm going to get Brenda to regag Unit 6 and tie him back up. <laughs> but I don't want to. Oh. Brenda, we're going to have to do Brenda, this. I like... Okay. 
I like him. Oh no. <laughs> this flirty Harvey man's got it. The flirty Robocop Harvey No, I will do it. I will do it. Brendan Kavon. But as I do, I will give a knowing wink to unit six. Are you not are you not properly binding? Yeah. You're leaving the vines a little bit loose? Loosey goosey. Oh, I no. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Brenda has no reason to trust this robot man other than that he's kind of cute. Yeah. But she's like way into it. No, she has abandonment yeah. issues. We've discussed yeah, this. True. Fair, true. fair. And she's worried She's that just Kibon watched is- someone put flesh on. Yeah. You know, like create themselves in front of her. That's very She's intimate. She's seen this. It's so intimate. <laughs> and she... Also, presumably, uh, when is a rubber man going to die? Like, I might have a better life. Exactly. He'll never on. leave me. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. That's the better wow. game. I'm so short all my organs are pushed together, so the life expectancy is not <laughs> <laughs> And you know, are you trying to say that short? Wait, hang on. I, I, I do. I, as I said, that I realised how offensive that was to so many people, and I apologise. <laughs> Because their organs are all squished together. Wow, wow, wow. I was in character for that comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, look, in my absolute uh, disgust for Unit 6 and his mechanic ways, I do not notice Brenda giving him the wink. And I continue walking and have assumed that Brenda, as my friend, has, has trusted Friend me in, if you will. <laughs> yes. Friend yeah. Friend <laughs> um cool so are we like are we rolling out then ben what, what do we what do we see as we well like it's up to you guys if are you, are you like you know rolling in the direction that you think you were supposed to go to meet kincaid like because you like i said like you you vaguely know where it is you're gonna have to try and navigate there which if that's what you're doing i'm gonna say take a survival check for me in order to effectively navigate through the woods here mm-hmm. okay would that be a group check or? Yeah, we can make that a group check if you like. Yeah. Which would be well, I don't know. How, describe to me how Unit Six is assisting in this group survival check, <laughs> and I'll allow you to participate in it. Well, I mean, he's like, I, I, yeah, I guess he's bound to gag. I guess he's not really. Well, you could be signalling Brenda. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. that's true. But but does Unit Six know where you're going? <laughs> Well, I mean, presumably, if they're, like, a tactical unit created by the Eastern League, they probably yeah, have some probably have sense an idea. of... Like, I guess not yeah, where the, the we're location, going, sure. Yeah. You know, what I'll, you know what I'll say? You know what I'll say? The way Unit 6 can participate, if this is what Unit 6 wants to do, because you have free will, if you think this tracks is something that they would do at this point, it would be to, like, try and help them, like, navigate around the roaming patrols. Yeah, nice. Because yeah. might have some nice idea of where the patrols are. Great job. Do you think that's something Unit 6 would do? Like, what's Unit 6's motivation at this point? I mean, I feel like he's probably in that lawful, neutral alignment now. Um, he probably had a morality that was like instilled upon him, which has just been ripped out of him. So I I don't know. He's just kind of like there are two people in front of me, and he he's like he he doesn't have any context for which to base his actions or anything. I think he's entirely malleable, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yes. Do you think he like feels anything negative towards the Eastern League for trying to control him? No, I think he thinks that was that's that the purpose he was initially built for, and that. Something has changed, changed and now his yeah. purpose is open. The goals of the Eastern trying, League yeah. made as much sense to him as anything else in his calculations. So, like, now that's gone and, like, he's not sure, but, like, um, if someone made a compelling argument, he'd be like, yeah, that makes sense, and he'd sort of follow through with that. So he's just helping these guys because they're there. Well, is he helping at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I guess he's kind of like, 
he's just met these two people. He doesn't necessarily want to see them <laughs> dismembered, as is the, the the tactic of the Eastern League, uh, in front of them, which we come to any raiding parties. So. Yeah, so maybe he's a bit conflicted, and he's like, well, yeah. maybe if we got with the Eastern League, they'd free me, but also they'd kill these guys, and like now he doesn't feel like that's necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. That's my whole psychology. You got it. Okay, great. Great. So, okay, then everybody take a survival check, and if two out of three of you beat my DC, you will succeed. I got a 12. Plus, plus what's your... five. So 17. 17. Oh, huge. I got a 10. Plus... Oh, plus seven. Well, to be fair, we are rolling with a, uh, a half-orc with in nature and a fucking druid. They're probably going to be okay at... Uh... <laughs> Navigating, yeah. yeah. So what are the rolls? And how did Unit 6 do? Well, look, I mean, <laughs> what's a three of my friends? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what happened to the push-ups, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, you bound me. <laughs> That's some very high rolls. Okay, that's a pass on the group check. So I think the way that that shakes out is that you guys are able to, with no thanks to fucking Unit 6, <laughs> like fucking slip and slide your way through the woods. Um, you manage to evade detection by the roving bands of fucking Warforged and other Eastern League uh, soldiers. And after a little while of traveling, probably like half a day in the direction that you think you're supposed to be going to meet up with Kincaid, you come to a little clearing where inside that clearing is a strange, strange structure. It is a tall, rectangular at the base and then becoming pyramidal at the top, obelisk-like structure made out of dark stone. And the top of the pyramidal part of this obelisk is made out of sort of tarnished, dull copper. And embedded in the dark stone are a sequence of glass-type orbs, three of them in fact, equally spaced up the length of the column part of the structure. And you just see it. It's just there. You can either choose to walk into the clearing and walk up to the thing, or you could choose to just, like, mosey on past it and keep going. Your survival checks are good enough that you know this isn't where you were going. This is just, like, an interesting thing that happened to be in the area. How are you feeling about it, Brenda? I want to take one of the orbs. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty. I want it. (laughs) Can I rip it out? They're, like, embedded in the dark stone. Can I try to rip it out? You can. In order to do so, you're going to have to walk into the clearing. Yep. <laughs> okay. You step Why into the clearing. Why do you say it like that? Without. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a shit idea. But... Yep. Without taking, without taking any fucking looks around, you just like, oh, shiny orb, and you traipse into the clearing. Mm-hmm. As you do, you hear a deafening roar in the woods okay. off to your left, just behind the obelisk. And can I get everybody to roll initiative okay. for me, please? Well, there we go. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey yo, it's me again, your friend and your cool cousin that you only see at Christmas and family birthdays, Big B checking in on you in the middle of the show here. Uh, we sure hope you're enjoying HGW Laid, a league of their own, which I think is what we ended up calling it. Elliot and Erin was so much fun to play with, so big thanks to them for coming on board, and as always, a huge thanks to you for listening. If this is your first episode, welcome. And if you're a long-term fan, you know you're welcome here. What do you want, a special greeting? Just one bit of housekeeping here? Our art contest is still running. And because this episode is running a bit late to serve as a reminder, we've decided we're going to extend that competition by a week. It was going to end at the end of August, but it will now end on the 7th of September 2019, and the winner is going to get either a $50 Visa gift card or $50 worth of D&D gear. Their choice. We've had a couple of cool submissions, but I do have to say, if you've been on the fence about entering, if you're not an artist, don't think of yourself as an artist, whatever, and you've been maybe thinking about it, just go on and do it, because you'd certainly be in with a chance. To be clear, this can be out of any kind, as long as it's related to HW Lane in some way, and yes, I do want you to get weird with it, as weird and experimental as you like. You can submit it to us via hgwlade at curionetwork.com or at curionetwork on your preferred social media platform. Okay, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. Oh my fucking god. What did I do to fucking <laughs> Sergey? Is that his oh, name? What's your... <laughs> I got a 16. I got a oh, 6 okay. plus... One. I got seven. Yeah, nice. I got four, so... <laughs> okay. Um, great. Well, the thing that roared at you rolled really badly, and the first person to act is Kevon. <laughs> You've just seen, to clarify, this clearing in front of you. Brenda steps into the clearing, and in the trees, sort of, like, just off behind this obelisk structure and to the left, you hear this, like, deafening roar um, out of the trees. What do you do? Okay, yeah. I'm going to... Firstly, can I could I cast Skyrite? So right in the sky. Yes. Um, it's called the Disruptor, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to write Disruptor yes. in the sky to <gasps> signal our friend who we're looking for. Oh. And then shit. I'm gonna and also presumably any Eastern League patrols. Else. Very good. Do they know the name of it? A traveling like guard sort of thing, and then you saw someone a disruptor in the sky. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably be like, "Should I check that out? Maybe." I'm gonna stand by my move. No, I think it's strong. I, think it's a strong <laughs> I will then transform into a, a bear Huge. and get ready to throw down. What kind of bear? Um, cave bear. A cave bear. Yes, please. Fuck yeah. Okay, so this giant is it large? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. size large. It's big. Yeah, you transform into a big fucking bear and stand there next to the big human bear that is Brenda, <laughs> uh, who is actually the next person to act. You've heard this roar. You haven't seen anything yet, but you're now standing just inside the clearing, and Kevon next to you has turned into a bear. <laughs> has Brenda seen that before? Like, I guess if you were in a fight the other day, you, you probably transformed. Yeah, yeah. I think she's. Cool so, with it. So you're cool with the fact that he transforms the animals? Great. Just well, if I haven't seen what it is yet, can I just, like, prepare? Well, you can probably, like, just... just touch, get my You can probably, like, use out? perception to see if you can spot it. Okay, yeah, yeah you, can you I do that? You could do a fun thing that you didn't do before and look around. Yeah, may I please look around? <laughs> you, you can. Like Go ahead and take a perception check. Oh, I've got 19. So 14 plus 5. Plus five. No, 14 plus 5. Great. Huge. Um, okay, so with that, your like sharp barbarian eyes look off behind this obelisk to the left where you heard the roar come from, and you can see partially obscured by the trees three distinct figures. You can see the head of a dragon, 
the head of a lion, and, confusingly, the head of a goat. Oh, no. And they're just, like, off in the trees. And you intuit that the roar that you heard came from either the lion or the dragon. You're not sure. Or the goat. <laughs> but the goat's just, like, chewing cud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The goat's just, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm what do you do? going to... I think I'm going to go into a frenzy. Great. A barbarian rage? Yeah. Okay, nice. And do what? Um, kill them all. <laughs> Take all the heads off. Because the, these heads are attached to bodies, right? Uh, you can't see that part yet. Oh, oh. shit. Yeah, I'll just kill them. I'll just kill them. <laughs> I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to, like, smash all their heads in. Please. So you charge over to the thing. Is that about right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you get closer, you're now standing kind of like on the opposite side of the clearing. You've, you've used your movement. You're now behind the obelisk and off to the left a bit. You see that this is not three distinct creatures. It is one <laughs> giant creature. monstrosity mm-hmm. with three heads. And you're standing before it now. You can see the three heads and you can see the weird mishmash body that they're all attached to. It's got wings. It's got a tail. It's got a big furry midsection that looks kind of like a lion and a goat. What's your plan? Take it out. We've got too much on. we got to get this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going to fuck us. It's up. really... Well, no, we're I'd on love a to schedule. let you go. But I've got to stick to plant in the ground. I've got to... We've just written Disruptor in the sky. (laughs) Like, we can't be messing around with this three-headed monster. There's people coming. Can't be fucking about. No. Yep. All right, so you attack it. Yeah. How do you attack it? You're in a barbarian rage, so you've probably got a weapon. I do. What is your weapon, I have got a... A great axe. Yes. I'm going to use that. A big old battle axe. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, so you swing at this big, horrible, fucked up monstrosity with your great axe. Are you targeting any one of the heads specifically? Well, yeah, I think I'd probably go the dragon first. I'd work my way down yep. to the goat head because it's... <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm not... Yes. That's, you know, I'm perceptive about those things. I've been in the bush for a while. Yeah. The woods. <laughs> you know the woods. Yeah, yeah. I know the woods. And yeah. But yeah, no, I'd go... I'd go just like boom, 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 lop each of their heads off, ending with the goat. Do you get three attacks? Uh, two attacks. No, I get two. All right, well, leave the goat. Yeah. <laughs> the okay, goat. so go ahead and make an attack roll on the dragon head of the chimera. That's going to be a d20 plus Ooh. your attack modifier. <laughs> I got a so four. Plus seven. Plus seven. Ooh, so 11 probably won't 11 do it. 11 no. Okay. Yeah, your great axe bounces off its scaly natural armor <laughs> on the dragon neck. Mm. Unfortunately, you didn't swing hard enough there, Brenda. Try again. But you got another attack. I've so got another attack. So do I roll again? Yep. Oh, I've got 13 plus, plus seven. seven. Plus 20. 20. Nice. Okay, you connect with this uh, spooky, scaly dragon neck with your great axe. Go ahead and roll damage. You feel the blade of your axe sink into its flesh. Which is a five. Okay, five plus uh, your strength proficiency in the plus one thing, so plus four. So nine damage. Nine damage. Cool. Um, oh, nice, plus rage damage. Plus rage damage, which is, uh, right, yes. Uh, it is plus two still, rage damage. Nice, so 11 damage all up? Yeah. Uh, okay, great. So you feel your blade sink into the dragon neck, and then it is the dragon's turn. <gasps> and the dragon turns towards you, uh, enraged by you trying to lop its fucking head off, and it breathes a cone of fire right onto you. Uh, can I get you to take a dexterity saving throw for me? So I've got a 14. All up? 13 plus 1, yeah. 
<laughs> so the thing about that is that I need you to go ahead and take 35 fire damage. Oh, <laughs> absolutely blasted. That's a lot of fire. Crispy bread. Crispy bread. You get absolutely fucking roasted oh. by this cone of fire that blasts out of this drag. Oh, wait, no. So you get advantage um, on deck saves versus things you can see. So you can oh, because you've got um, the, like the, danger sets. Oh fuck! Oh, you might save yourself. God. All right, so get another go. <laughs> what was it? It's an eight. Uh, yeah, well, nah. sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you can't always win. You know I mean? All right, so crispy, crispy Brenda. Crispy Brenda. All right. Take that dirty, yeah. flirty thirty-five damage, <laughs> and we'll Ooh. we'll move on. Uh, great. Ooh, now the lion head. Uh, yeah, okay, so it can't bite you with the lion mouth. It has to instead try and slash you with its claws. And 23 against your AC is probably going to do it. So let's just go ahead and roll. Now, th- now this will be half because it's slashing damage from claws. So, yeah. Oh, and it's a bad roll. So you just take three slashing damage as these claws grate against you. And then the last thing that it does is try to butt you with the goat head. The thing that you treated with such disdain. Yeah. You were like, this goat isn't even worth my fucking time. Time and energy, and uh, now, now who is the one who is being butted by the goat? Guess what? It's not you, because the goat rolled a natural one. Ah, so knew it. The goat misses you thoroughly as it tries to butt you, and uh, yeah, it just now looks embarrassed because it missed you so so, it be. so bad. Yeah, it goes. And so that's Brenda, the end of the really. goat's turn. Now we've got Unit Six, who I believe is still tied up. Well, but not yeah, really, but not properly. Though. Luckily, which means when it gets around to his turn, he kind of like slips his bonds and like runs up into the into the fray. Gag still into in the mouth. Fray. <laughs> How do you think Kevon feels about that? Seeing him just fucking slip his bonds and run across the clearing. <laughs> I think he's conflicted because he's just seen Brenda be absolutely crispy. So I think he's, Barbecued. Yeah. I think it's sort of like a curiosity. <laughs> Come on, it's a sick fuck. Okay. It's interesting. He's just got an an idle curiosity. Okay. Uh, what do you what do you do, Unit Six, when you get over to the Chimera? Um, I think he's like rushing up to the to the Dragon Head, and then I think there's probably like some sort of like electrical. Uh, I'm sort of in this thing with magic where it's like almost it's magic, but it's kind of like technological, I guess. Um, yeah, I love that dude. And so I he, love there's like this that. sort of like charge building in his his right arm, uh, and oh, then, like a fucking blaster hand, like fucking Iron Man. Kind of. Well, sort of. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Uh, he, he rushes on up and then um, I reckon like one of his fingertips becomes like like somewhat sharpened and he like sort of stabs into the uh, skin of the dragon head, thus casting uh, Bestow Curse. So Ooh, he curses it. Yeah, basically. Well, uh, it's I'm, I'm thinking it's almost as if it's like a I don't know, like a technological poison or something like that for flavor. But yeah, basically it's a curse. So I choose nice. choose one ability score, and then while curse that target has disadvantage on ability checks and saving throws made with that ability score. Um, so it's going to be nice. What are you picking? Uh, wisdom. Oh. Uh, and then while curse has a disadvantage on attack rolls against me, target must make a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of its turns. If it fails, it wastes its action. And then while the target is cursed, my attacks and spells deal an extra 1d8 necrotic damage to the target. But huge. It is huge. It needs to uh, make a wisdom saving throw and succeed. Now? Yes. Okay. 
15, all up. Well, that's DC's 15. So, you know, sometimes you you get up there, you do a cool thing. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't work. That's okay. But what a sick plan. Does does anything happen? You you know, there's things really need to, like... uh, I've seen Waiting for Godot, and I enjoyed that show. So, like, this—that's sort of what this is. Uh, waiting for a spell to happen. Uh, yeah, no. So, uh. basically, what the other two would see is this robotic Javier Bardem rush up and like kind of pat the dragon on the face, and nothing happened. Um, and that's my turn. Incredible. Now we're back around to Kevon. He's a big bear. You can see all of this going on in front of you. What do you do? Well, Kevon was preparing to cast Fairy Fire to assist Unit 6, but has now seen that he's absolutely useless. (laughs) Probably isn't going to back him up with that. So I'm going to run over and cast Poison Spray on each of the heads. Wait, but you're a bear. I can cast in in bear, can't I? I don't think so. Oh, can I not? No. That's a blow. I think you can just do bear shit. You could turn back into a person if you felt so inclined. Like, that's a free it bonus would be a action waste, for you. Though, to, like, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to do just go, rah! Yeah. And then if turning to a bear to charge across a clearing to turn to back into a person. Such a pointless flex. <laughs> just wigging him out. Um, okay, then I'm going to. <laughs> just to confuse <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite of Brenda and I'm going to l- jump straight for that goat head. And try and tear it off. Yeah, nice, dude. Attack the goat head. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Make an attack roll in your bear form, however that works. You get multi-attack, so you make one attack with its bite and one attack with your claws. Okay, sweet. Oh, Nat 20. 20. Nat 20. Okay. Oh, fuck. That's double damage. The way the crit works is you get to roll all the damage dice twice and you, you add them together, obviously. So, so claws are 2d6 plus 5. So, so it's going to be 4d6 plus 5. Okay. Okay, that's a 1. A five. So, uh, 16 plus five. A four and a six. Yeah, 16 plus five. 21. Huge. 21. You slash this fucking goat head and you nearly tear it clean off the fucking goat body. Uh, but not quite. It's still hanging in there. Uh, when you make your bite, go ahead and make your second attack as you try and bite at this little goat throat. Is it like, did you get his neck? So you get like almost trying to like bite through the neck to take off the head? Yeah. Right. Just yeah, so you definitely. know the image. Yeah, sweet. 15 plus, plus seven. 22. 22. Yeah, definitely. You definitely hit it with your bite as you try and snip your way through the, the hole in its neck that you've already created. <laughs> so go ahead and roll your damage, so which I D8 believe is 1d8 plus 5. Yeah. Uh, 9. Nice. Okay. Uh, what does that bring him down to? That number? Uh, from a um, total of that number? Yeah, totally. Fuck it. You rip the fucking goat head <laughs> yeah! clean off this fucking thing's body. <laughs> to be and fair, that, that, that like, entirely like, justifies Brenda not giving a shit about the goat. Because it couldn't attack her and like <laughs> fuck the fucking bear chomp through it in one turn. <laughs> Yeah, you got him good. You got that goat, made it look like a punk. Um, <laughs> now, it's definitely Brenda's turn again. You've got this dragon head in front of you that just roasted you good, and you've got this lion head. I think I might run away and take a break. Well, you- <laughs> <laughs> is that allowed? No, I'll fight it. Well, the thing is, you're in a rage. I mean, it so is allowed. <laughs> but no, but is it though? Because she's in a rage to my room. She's in a rage. Like, can she actually? No. I'll... I mean, the question you got to ask yourself: Brenda is raging. Do you really think her reaction is to run away? Nah, she'll keep going. Do not yeah. go gentle into that. <laughs> Pardon? Do not go gentle into that. <laughs> into the crisp good night. Yeah, the crisp night. Crispy night. Um. Well, can I go for the um lion instead? 
Because I feel you like could. I don't want to get... <laughs> you don't want to anger the dragon head anymore. I'm a blistering, bubbling mess right now. I don't want any more fire on my face. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead and make your attacks against the lion. Right. You get two attacks, right? Great. Ooh, 18 plus... Nice. Plus seven? Plus seven. Yeah, that's a definite hit. Yes. Go ahead and roll that damage on this lion head. Oh, five. So you're five plus four, so nine, yeah. Okay, nine. Nine damage as you strike this axe down into this lion's face, and now you get a second attack. What do you do with it? Um, Do I decide what to do? Uh, you could attack it again. I was going to go yeah. again. Yeah. I got 14. Yeah, plus Fucking seven. So plus, seven. Oh, plus your rage damage. We forgot to add the rage damage last oh, time, right. so that's another two damage. Good. Great. And also 14 plus 7 does hit. Very good. So roll another, yep, Another damage, damage. attack. Boom, nice. boom. 8 Ooh. plus 6. 6. Great. 8 plus 6 is 14, so it takes that 14 damage. And that's the end of Brendar's turn. It is definitely the Chimera's turn. Don't fret. It's out of fire breath for right now. Uh, so instead, it chooses to just bite you a lot. Uh, it's still definitely most concerned. I mean, the dragon head is most concerned by Brendar because fucking Unit 6 <laughs> failed to attack it. Yep. So the dragon head lashes out to attack Brendar. And does 15 beat your armor class? Yes. What? <laughs> yeah, armor class. Okay. Oh, great. Mine's 14. Yeah. So this is going to be halved. You take six um, piercing damage halved. That's after it's been halved. The total was um, 12. Great. So, so you six. take six piercing damage as this dragon bites into your crispy skin. <laughs> Getting down there. And then it's probably pretty tasty, the crispy yeah, I know. skin, I would think. And then uh, the uh, lion slashes at you with its claws. And that is 16 against AC. So I'm assuming that's also a hit. And so then you take, again, halved, another four uh, slashing damage as the claws rake across your skin. And then the goat would attack someone, but the goat the goat head is on the ground, so the goat doesn't do fuck all. And now it's unit six's turn. Okay. Um, Help me. <laughs> well, I think seeing that the dragon completely ignored it, um, I think Unisix wants to try and like make a case for why he deserves to be attacked. <laughs> um, so he charges up its hand again and then like strikes at the dragon's neck and this time casts Shatter as a third level spell. So if it could take a... Um, Constitution saving throw. save throw, yes. Yes, not very good. Oh, wait, 12. sorry, it's going to be both of the heads, because it's a 10-foot uh, radius sphere. So both of the heads can take... Uh, it's actually it's actually just one It's actually just one stat block. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. For the three heads, yeah. So the whole thing is going to... It sh- they share hit points. Right. So the whole thing is going to take damage. Uh, it did a bad job. Great, on okay, the, so that's uh, 4d8 thunder damage. Yeah, 48 thunder damage. What do you know? As this, I like, love that, that Shatter spell. is a spell. Yeah, no, it's wild. Yeah, Shatter is a spell is basically just Unit 6 going... <laughs> really loudly. This like piercing mechanical re yeah. rings out. And yeah, you know, yeah, you can probably place it in such a way that it only really affects the chimera, but I'm gonna say for flavor, you guys also definitely hear it. You just aren't hurt by it. <laughs> so you just see Unit 6 try to kill this thing with a spell that does nothing, and then just scream really loud, and the chimera recoils in pain. <laughs> Tell me how much damage it takes. Uh, 28 damage, my guy. Oof! Oof. 
Huge. Okay, this thing is, like, very nearly deceased. It's, like, on its last legs. You see, actually, because you're closest to the dragon head, when you scream, the dragon head experiences the most discomfort, and it actually, like, blood pours out of its ears as its arms burst, and it just lolls. It just lolls down dead. Now you've just got, like, the body of a lion, but with wings and a tail, and it's, like, a bleeding stump where a goat head used to be, and a limp dragon head hanging oh, off its neck. <laughs> and the next, the next person to act is Kevon. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Uh, because of my love of nature, I'm just going to go for the kill right now, and I'm just going to go straight for the lion's throat, <laughs> because I don't want to see it in pain anymore. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, you're trying to put it out of its misery. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it down, though. So I rolled a 11. Plus 7? Plus 7. 18. Yeah, huge. 18 definitely hits this thing's natural armor AC. Oh, 7. So 2 plus 5. Okay, nice. So you fucking rake your jaws into its throat, and you see it kind of, like, recoil. It's looking very, very, very woozy. Do you have another attack? Yeah, I got the claw. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. you want to do the bite all in the oh. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to take it. <laughs> So that is a 14 plus 7. Plus 7. Yep, definite hit. And be 2d6. That is a 3 and a 2. Plus 5. 10. 10. 10. Oh my god. You're trying desperately to put this thing out of its misery. It staggers oh no. back on its heels. Its throat opened before you. But it's still breathing and letting out a sigh of great deep pain. Oh no. It's on its last legs, but it's still there. Just like... And then it's Brendar's turn. Kevon vomits at the end of, the end of his turn. Well, also because you're like... I mean, I guess you're a big old bear, but like if you're coming in underneath to attack the throat, there's probably like blood it spilling on well, I think I'm going to finish yeah, it off. You're covered in this thing's blood. <laughs> but not because of a love of nature, because I'm pissed. <laughs> because I've just been fucking... So, can I just go Pissed in again with my axe? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, do it. You get to make two Come attacks. on, bro. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, I've got a two. That's <laughs> another Try it again. Try it again. Roll those dice, baby. Can I, I roll? I think- Brenda is so horrified by what she's seeing that she just, like, absentmindedly misses with the first attack. Oh, my gosh. So do I roll again? Yeah, roll again. 14? Uh, plus 7, 21. All right. Yeah, nice. So you definitely do connect with your second attack. And I'm going to say I don't think there's a low enough amount of damage you can roll to not kill this thing. <laughs> it's only got three hit points and you've got a bunch of yeah. pluses. Okay, so great. you mercifully deal this thing the killing blow. You strike it across its skull with your axe and its skull kind of splits a little bit. And then the, 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 the beast just collapses in a pile in front of you. <laughs> oh, good. Happy about that. Congratulations, you guys! You did it! I did it! I dealt the final blow! <laughs> this is not a happy victory. <laughs> so good about that. I feel oh. really good about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Unit 6 is worried about his like tactical abilities. Like, Kevon is vomiting over like, this animal. Profusely. And Brenda's like, yeah! Yeah. yeah. I'm a little bit sore, but I'm pleased. Brenda's crisp. Yeah, you, you I'm really sore. some hits, huh? How are you doing on hit points there? Uh, I'm I'm down to 17. From 65. From 65. <laughs> well, you know, someone's got to be the tank. Exactly. So are you going to now claim your prize and try and chip this glass <laughs> sphere out of this obelisk? Yes. 
I think I will. Okay, I'd say while everyone else is recovering and dealing with the horror of the situation, you can traipse up to the obelisk and using your axe, like, chip away at the stone that's holding this glass sphere in there. And you can just, yeah, like, rack the rack one of the glass spheres out of the structure. And uh, now you're holding this big, like, semi-translucent glass sphere. And it feels, like, pretty magical in your hands. But, um, yeah, that's it's just doing its thing. Oh. <laughs> Was it worth it? I'm not sure. (laughs) That's okay. I might just whack it in my... Well, I don't know if I have pockets. You could, like, fashion it into, like, a... Like a tasteful amulet or like a necklace or something like that, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a... pretty big. It's probably like soccer ball sized. Well, that probably yeah, fits. that would fit that me would perfectly. Fit Brenda, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might just um, pop a chain around it, put it over, put it around my neck, save it for later. Nice. You never know. Okay. It might do something. Hey, it might. If we fancy a kick um, around later <laughs> when everyone's had their rest. Yeah, soccer ball size, soccer. perfect. Yeah, perfect. So, as the words disruptor hang in the sky <laughs> above you, what do you think you guys are doing? <laughs> I, I mean, is it... Yeah, like, are we trying to just keep going? Are we waiting to see if someone rocks up C- from Can the I cast spells in, in this point, or do you have to be in combat? Yeah, of course. Now you're outside of combat, you, you can cast spells. No, 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 you can just do it. But you could, yes. Okay, I would like to shapeshift out of being a bear, please. And then I cast Speak with Plants. So... Uh, imbue plants with within 30 feet of me um, with limited sentience and animation, and they now have the ability to communicate with me. I love this. And follow simple commands. Why? I'm going to cast that and then okay. ask these plants, have they seen anyone coming in while we've been fighting? Did we not notice? You know what I mean? <laughs> we saw a horrible murder. <laughs> we saw a murder yeah. that was foul. <laughs> the protector of the forest has been killed. <laughs> You try and speak to the plants, and they basically say all of that that you've just heard uh, about how they've seen that the protector of their, you know, they're like, oh, oh, where the spirit of the plants and the least and league's been harvesting us to make war machines, and the chimera protected this patch of forest from the league, but now it's dead. Oh, no. Oh, but in terms of other things we've seen coming through this way, well... A little bit before you guys got here, a bunch of metal men like him were going that way. And then one of the trees, like, bends over and points in the direction (laughs) that you believe Kincaid's uh, sorcerer, uh, hermit, recluse area to be. Okay. Do I have anything else to... Are you guys going to protect the forest now that you've killed the chimera? Yes, we will will protect you. (laughs) Somebody has to protect us. We're just plants. Okay, I'm going to turn off my spells at this point. Shut up. Stop <laughs> just hang up. Stop guilt tripping us. <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you turn off the spell like a mid-sentence and you hear like, Oh no, the chimera fell on Marvin. Oh god. And then he counts. <laughs> Back to rustling in the wind. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, so now I guess we, we ask Unit 6, do you know anything about this? Have you remembered anything during this fight? Has this jogged your memory at all? Um, can I roll... Well, like, do you reckon, like, history or something like that, Ben? Or, like, would, that, would I have a, a roll I could do to try and see if I could 
access anything like that or um i think you just i think you just straight know that like like you don't know where the sorcerer's hut is like you don't know where kincaid lives so like the fact that they would have been heading there doesn't seem like that follows like any of the planned like routes that the the, they're supposed to go on if they were heading to kincaid's hut and it's in that direction they weren't following like a regular patrol route they were heading directly for kincaid's hut yeah so yeah i basically pass that along like if if fellow warforged are heading in that area then it would probably be to carry out an objective against this Kincaid. Well, we've all had a bit of a tough time. <laughs> I'm just weighing up. <laughs> Should we walk into another fight or like... Do you want to bail on him? Is this what you're... <laughs> I don't know. Like, we are the disruptor. We could just we leave. We are the disruptor. <gasps> Wait, we could go there and make all the ones, all the... um. I think we should go, and then we'll just disrupt all the other ones. Well, as as you're talking about just being worried about, like, fighting and, and that sort of thing, you know, Six sort of, like, walks up to you, Brenda, and then his hand starts, like, sort of vibrating again, and he's like, let me help. And then he presses a hand to your chest, uh, and he casts Cure Wounds at third level, thus burning my last third level slot. So you get 27 hit points back. Oh, thank you. Huge rolls. Yeah. So a, a vibrating hand from a Robo Javier Bardem uh, <laughs> reinvigorates Brenda, and she feels great about everything that's happening. Yeah. So what what do you think the plan is? Oh, well, I think just what's sort of happening in the background. Like while he's got spare time, I think uh, Unit Six is building himself more of a human body. So he's like filling in like down the neck, and like he's probably got like. The shoulders done, and he's like working on his like left arm, basically, like putting additional pieces of like flesh. Is this like now that you have feelings, you want to be more human? Like, what's the? It's not like a bicentennial man thing, like, right? That I'm doing. <laughs> it's it's more that like I think the, like, the operation of these things is that like they tend to be when they're operational, they tend to actually be like looking like humans, oh, like okay. or like whatever being that are be like they're pretending to be. Well, Brenda, I was feeling a lot better. Thank you. And after seeing the extra flesh, even better again. <laughs> more flirty, more flesh. <laughs> more flirty, more fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great, great. I'm up for anything now. Kevon. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not like that. I mean, adventure-wise. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. It makes sense. Okay, well, around or, yeah. look, I guess we're going to very hesitantly walk towards this and try and find the hut. Okay, so you continue walking in the direction of Kincaid's hut. Yeah. Yes. Are we? Do we want to try and like try and move stealthily and? Yeah. Yeah. So not, not fuck that up if we can. Yeah. And so, are you just like not tying up Unit Six anymore because you saw him try to help you, and also his very impressive re? I think we're now under uh, some huge time constraints. So yeah. he's healed Brenda. We'll talk about this later. Like, Let's just get this done, and then we'll. <laughs> um, I think as well, like as as we're heading into. Um, oh, what's the best way? I want to cast bless, but I'm trying to think of like a fun technological way of of doing that. Hey, he just speaks ASMR to you guys real quick. Like, he goes up to you and he's kind of like, Hey, so um, just let me know. I think we did a pretty good job with that, uh, that little encounter we just did. And I think that if we stick together, we have a good chance of making out whatever we're doing. So uh, that's great. Uh, and it means that you get like uh, <laughs> one an additional uh, D8, um, which you can use on like an ability check or anything like that. So on this stealth check, you could roll it an additional 1d8 to help Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Hey, I think Unit 6 really wants this stealth check to come off. Well, if he's seen... if the, Apparently there's been a bunch of other Warforged going down there. It'd be great if we didn't have to yeah. do that. <laughs> yep. 
Great. So go ahead and make stealth checks, and if you feel like it, you can burn the bless that Unit 6 just gave you to add an additional D8 to your stealth check, or you can just take the stealth check and save the additional D8 for something else later. 10. Okay. Uh, Unit 6 got a 19. Brenda got a 10. (laughs) But that sort of makes sense. Yeah. You know, she's a big lady. Stomping around the forest, stomping around the bush. And how did uh, Kevon do? Um, A 1, a 7, a 10. Okay, well, you know what? It makes sense, you know, Warforging and Warforge, totally. But you know, uh, the other two, I think, flunk out on there. Still forgot to turn out of the bear. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Okay, I think what happens is you traipse through the woods, and you eventually come to like the base of some sheer, rugged, and beautiful cliffs. You understand that Kincaid, this sorcerer, she was supposedly living inside a cave in one of these cliffs. Kincaid in cave. That was the message that you guys got. Yes. Seeing the, seeing the, the, the cliff face uh, inspires you with confidence that you're going in the right direction. And before too long, our Paul Kelly reference, you come to a (laughs) clearing around the entrance of like a cave mouth in this cliff face. And because you've been making so much noise, fucking crackling and spackling along <laughs> as you walk uh, into the fucking clearing, you like kick over a log and you're singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> and as you step into the clearing, you hear a mechanical voice. Halt! Who goes there? And you look over the clearing and you see a warforged holding a crossbow pointed in your direction. Approach no further, organics! Whoa. So have have I been like? Did we all fail as a group? Is that the sort of thing? Have I been spotted as well? Yeah, it was a group. It was a group yeah, fail. Yeah, makes- You've stumbled into the clearing. There's a mouth of a cave, and there's a warforged standing there with a crossbow. Do not approach. Who are you? Um, identify. I think Unit Six. I imagine he's probably visible behind Kavon's short stature, but probably like obscured someone by Brenda. But he probably sort of like moves to the front uh, and raises a robotic arm and is like. Raises her erotic arm and is like Hail and well met, brother Hello, fellow unit What is the meaning of this? Why have you brought these organics? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I found these organics uh, Travelling with the now destroyed Vox Arcana I've been bringing them here to Mm, Vox Arcana, public enemy number one (laughs) I know, I'm I'm like... I'm, yes, public. Yes, yeah. I, I rounded these up as prisoners, and I thought I'd bring them back to the uh, closest warforged traveling party in order to detain them. What is your rank? With which unit do you serve? How did you know we were here? This is a class three secret mission. My designation is Unit Six, Face Class. I, I'm a. Uh, I'm Black Budget. I'm. I'm a stealth. <laughs> you wouldn't know about me. <laughs> Oh shit, so you're lying, like this guy's saying, I want a secret mission, and you're trying to pull, like, secret yeah, yeah, mission yeah. rank on him? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, dude, roll this a persuasion Q- dude, check for Q me. this clearance, you need Q clearance for this. <laughs> roll a persuasion check to try and convince this guy that you've got Q clearance. Check in persuasion or deception? Either, whichever's better. Thank you, that's, what, that's, the, that's, that's the kind right. of malleability that I was looking for, Benjamin. 
That is good. So, so it's a flat 17, but I get to add my plus 10 deception from being a bard. So it's a 27, my guy. Oh my god. I'm going to roll an insight check for this guy, but I think he's going to have a little trouble <laughs> doing better than... Unless he's like the wisest robot that yeah. has existed. <laughs> yeah. No, look, he rolled pretty well, but definitely not well enough to beat a 27. So he just goes, queue clearance, file not found. Do you wish to speak to the commander? Affirmative. (laughs) Commander is inside, interrogating prisoner. Lead the way. I cannot abandon my post. The rest of the guard group headed back into the woods. Perhaps you saw them. They saw writing in the sky and went to investigate, leaving me behind on guard. I cannot leave my post. I see. Well, I will take these prisoners ahead and speak with the commander. Carry on. Seven. Commander is inside, interrogating <laughs> yes. prisoner. Yeah, oh, of course. Yes, you, you really... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, like, I think Unisix is just, like, aware that this is how he used to speak, and he's just kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> what a fucking embarrassment. Um, and then, yeah, he just sort of, like, starts leaving the other two ahead, I guess. Unit 25, who is this guy, steps back with two... two and like lowers his crossbow and snaps a salute as you walk past him into the mouth of the cave. Yeah, I salute back. You better be- fucking believe it. I, I salute back. It's so patriotic. Dude, you successfully bluffed your way past a robot. Yeah, I know. Great. Very good. You proceed into the mouth of the cave. It's like not well constructed. It's a natural cave mouth, at least for this part of it. It just continues as a pretty like dark and a little bit slimy tunnel off ahead of you. Right, okay. I mean... Do you keep walking down it? Am I going to fit? <laughs> yeah, how, how big is How big is it? It's approximately one Brenda in okay. every direction. All right, great. So she's, she's really squeezing she's through. Scraping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do. I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's... Like, if this is where these guys have been heading, I, I'd probably let them sort of lead the way. Okay, great. So do you guys continue just, like, through the cave? Yeah. Yes, very perceptively. With Brenda walking first, so no one can see me or Jackson, Unit 6. Interesting. Behind her. Okay, nice. So Brenda's just, like, scraping along, like, slightly bowing her head trying to get through this tunnel. It, It continues along for a while, and then it turns to the right. And as you go around that corner, assuming that's what you do, you see a pretty interesting sight. You see a pile of Warforged... There are three of them lying dead in crumpled piles on the left-hand side of the corridor. Mm. Uh, That's hopefully a good sign and not a really bad sign. Yeah. Is that the end of the line? Does the cave keep going? The tunnel continues along ahead, but yeah, just on the left-hand side, sort of like crumpled against the wall, there are three Warforged. How do you feel about this, Unit 6? I think... If his unit six is like scanning them and they appear dead, I think he's gonna quickly go over and try and harvest parts and stuff like that from them. <laughs> oh, you're walking over yeah. to them? Okay. As you walk over to them, you step on the pressure plate in the ground that you didn't bother looking for, and magical spikes spike out of the wall and uh, definitely hit you pretty fucking hard like a deck save. and stab into you. Uh, yeah, I'll allow you a deck save. Thank you. God, am I okay at dex? I'm probably not actually. Uh, ooh, it's a thirteen. Yeah, you definitely get stabbed by a bunch of magical spikes, and I need you to take 19 piercing damage. So terrific, love it. As these spikes stab into you and then retract into the wall. Wait, is that how the other Warforged got killed? (laughs) Like, (laughs) 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 (laugh
Yeah, so you, you definitely see, like, based on where the, the spikes hit you, that, like, yeah, if they'd impaled you and killed you and then gone back into the wall dragging your body with them, you would have crumpled against the wall right on top of these other dead Warforged. Yeah, it's a real design flaw. I guess you're a little bit tougher than these other Warforged, given you're a, um, what do you, face class? Yeah. These guys look like pretty low-ranking, like, grunt Warforged to, to your uh, experienced eyes. Great. Well, I guess, can I harvest them but, now? Yeah, you can harvest them for parts. <laughs> Great. Yeah, now that you're standing on top of their corpses, you can harvest them yeah, for parts. Yeah, I'm gonna have like miscellaneous warforged viscera. <laughs> okay, good. The tunnel continues along ahead of you. I think we head down there. As you continue down this dull, vaguely slimy corridor, you see a light ahead and a space that opens out. And as you get closer, you can hear occasional whumps, like boom, like uh, the sound of wood or metal pumping into flesh, Ooh. and it's punctuated by a, well, I guess familiar sounding voice. My idea is that these guys all sound the same, saying, who are you meeting here? Where is the artifact? And then you just hear the sound of somebody spitting. And then you hear a couple more wumps. And then, who are you meeting? Where is the artifact? What is the purpose of this machine? And then you hear more of the same. Sounds of someone being pretty heavily interrogated and refusing to give them what they need. Who's got the Duva? You do. I thought you had the Duva. No, you've got it. <laughs> oh, no. Surely yeah, you, you have it. Yeah, do I? Oh, oh, oh no, yeah, I do. Us. Okay, yeah, yeah, I do. I have I'm a Duva. little concerned about standing here with it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. You hear more wumps punctuated by groans of pain oh. and then i'm telling you i wasn't meeting anyone i have no idea what you're talking about this machine is just a personal interest project for me this is incorrect the machine is clearly designed to achieve a purpose who are you meeting here what is the purpose of this machine Womp, womp. okay yeah well we're gonna go balls to the walls um <laughs> we're just run in I'm going to pull out the... Uh, you just run I'm in. I'm just going to run in. I pull out the wand and I'm just going to shoot it straight at the first thing I see while turning the corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you uh, burst into... Do all three of you do this, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, maybe me and Brenda are in Unit 6 is a little more <laughs> confused as to our strategies. No, I think he's in. He's like, fucking whatever. Like, this is my life now. <laughs> You burst into the room, and before you can take an action, because we're definitely going to have a... I'm going to say we're going to have a dex contest to see who gets to act first here. But you burst into this little chamber uh, at the end of the tunnel here, and you see what is pretty clearly like a personal arcane sanctuary slash library. There are bookshelves, there are cauldrons, uh, there are sort of magical bric-a-brac strewn about the room. And on the left-hand wall, you see a halfling woman wearing sorcerer's robes being pinned against the wall by the biggest warforged you've ever seen. It's this giant hulking uh, warforged construct with thick ropes of wooden and metallic muscle pinning this sorcerer against the wall and punching her in the stomach occasionally in order to extract information. Also, off on the right-hand wall, you see what could only be described as a portal. It is a black glass and metallic and wooden intricately wrought ovular frame. And inside the frame is this shimmering green light. 
you can sort of, if you look at it, you can sort of periodically, it clears a little bit and you can see through to a forest on the other side. I think before we determine what happens here, I guess the best way to go about this is to roll initiative. Let's all, let's all roll initiative and then determine the order in which things occur here. Oh, sick nat 20. Thank you so much on initiative. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. I got a one. Great. <laughs> It's a big small cave, right? You're stuck on a rope. I got a seven. Okay. The first person to act is Unit 6. You see what I've described. You see this massive hulking warforged pinning this halfling sorcerer against the wall. You see this shimmering portal of green light that occasionally appears to be a forest on the other side. And you've got the opportunity to act. What do you do? Um... I think uh, Unit 6 looks at this big, like, juggernaut... Uh, Warforged, and then loudly declares, Why was the robot mad? People kept pushing its buttons, and then it casts hideous laughter on, uh, <laughs> on that, uh, <laughs> big juggernaut boy. So he's gonna take a wisdom saving throw. So he tells a joke? Yeah, he tells a joke. He tells a robot joke? He tells joke? a robot joke. He knows his audience. Oh, Jesus. Okay. The wisdom saving thrower, he rolls a four plus his wisdom saving modifier, which is three, so he gets a seven. Great. Are you happy? Uh, I'm, I'm so happy because he uh, falls prone and he's inca- incapacitated with laughter, unable to stand up for his duration. Uh, so he's just in fits of laughter and he can't stop laughing. At the end of each of its turns, it can um, it can make a wisdom saving throw or when it gets takes damage. But otherwise, it's just like uncontrollably laughing at that really good robot joke. So in canon, that was a really good joke. Uh, yeah, canonically, I think we can all agree. Yeah. Did you have like a, a list of robot jokes written before this, Jackson? Or was that one fresh off the dome? <laughs> that was, uh, I, just, I literally just googled robotic jokes as, as we were setting that up. I was like, oh yeah, this will this will do. So it's a joke about robots from... It would have been good if you'd googled like jokes that a robot has written like a like an AI written joke and then used one of those no yeah that would be good um no I actually I'm at, I'm on uh, jokesforus.com uh <laughs> in people jokes and then subcategory robot jokes because robots are a type of people as everyone knows but yeah that's where I that's yes. where I get all my good stuff from so so to clarify the website jokesforus.com is it a number four yeah of course who is us in this content <laughs> well I mean I guess for the audience <laughs> <laughs> All, like us making the, the show yeah. and all the audience to get to enjoy these great jokes. Let's press yes, on. Let's. So, this giant hulking Warforged juggernaut falls to the ground and goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and now it's the giant thing's turn. Does it get to do anything other than just laugh at your good, good uh, joke? It gets a wisdom save at the end of its turn, but otherwise it's just laughing at that okay. joke. Dude, it rolled a natural 20 on its wisdom right. Well, it stopped laughing, but it's still thrown on the so- floor. Like, that's the end of its turn. Yeah, it's like, ha, laughter is over, and it's lying there on the ground, and its turn has been spent. So now it's Kevon's turn. What are you doing, Kevon? Well, Kevon, I think, already committed to just shooting the yeah. diffuser straight at it. Uh, the disruptor? So, the yeah, disruptor, sorry. The disruptor? <laughs> diffuser. 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 Oh, yeah. He sprays this wonderful, like, weak diffuser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Camellia. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go for that, uh, please, Ben. Yeah, nice. Okay. You definitely fucking get him with another jagged, lancing ray of bright light. And you see him kind of, like, freeze and stop and go, like, perfectly still. And then his robotic mouth just opens slowly and his eyes clear. And he just turns to you and goes, Where am I? 
And if you want, we're still in initiative count, and it's now Brendar's turn, but uh, he's not taking offensive actions against you. He's just lying there, staring up at you, going, What is our purpose? Who is this? What is that? And he looks at the disruptor in your hands, and then uh, slowly starts getting to his feet. What's the um? What's the person we're meeting? What What is she up to now? She is slumped against the ground, I, spitting blood out of her mouth and sucking in deep breaths. Well, I think maybe while the two of you probably speak to Kincaid, I think Unisix probably goes over to his like <laughs> recently converted brother, and he's just sort of, like talking him through where they are and like just giving the lowdown on like sentience. I think. Just like very quietly, as the two of you, <laughs> as the two of you continue with the plot stuff, he's going like, "This is free will. This is what it's about." You know, sometimes you try and check a drag and it doesn't work. I don't know. That's like a daily thing. You know? <laughs> I've been around for twelve hours, so you know. yeah. As far as I know, that's a daily occurrence. Yeah, yeah. He's just sort of giving the lowdown. down. <laughs> Every experience he's had, he considers to be part of a normal yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get tied up, but you're going to get, like, let free every day. That's number, That's day one. That's number, that's yeah, do you think Do you think Unit 6 just turns to them and is like, where are the ropes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for bed. <laughs> this is what happens, right? <laughs> We're supposed to time yeah. up. <laughs> oh, bless him. And as you're doing that, Kincaid looks up at the two of you and says, she spits out a big glob of blood and a tooth and says, are you all that's left? I... Thought they were sending a much bigger group. What happened to Pyman? Pyman gone. Brenda burnt. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is all. Uh, I am Kevon, and this is Brenda. Are you Kincaid? She nods grimly and says, "Yeah, I'm Kincaid. Uh, I had been creating this portal to um help Pyman and the others get that uh that their disruptor into Carthus. Um." There's more Vox Arcana people on the other side of that portal there. Uh, look, I'll be honest, I thought uh, I'd be happier about this. Um, it's just a shame to hear everybody else didn't make it, but good the Disruptor works, I suppose. I mean, fuck, look what it did to these guys. I guess you already tried it out on uh, Javier Bardem here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a star in every dimension, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, can I try and... Cure wounds on Kincaid. Now that I know that that she's a friend. Oh, you've got cure wounds. Yeah, yeah nice. You can cast cure wounds. Go ahead and do it. I guess she takes one d eight plus your spellcasting modifier and healing. Okay, that is a three plus. So, but three plus four is right. yeah, yeah, seven. Okay, nice. So you you like you know some of her bruises fade and some of her cuts close up and she goes, oh thanks. <laughs> I feel a bit better. Well, um, I did. <laughs> I guess. Hey man, she's had a rough day. <laughs> she she just heard her friend died. She says, "Well, I guess um, whenever you're ready, we should we should mosey on." How did you deal with the uh, warforged out at the front of the cave there? By the way, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we have to introduce her to our new friend. Yeah, yeah. Who got us in? Can he come too? <laughs> 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 she just hooks a thumb at Unit Six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Kincaid looks looks at him and says, "Well, I guess that would be the ultimate test of the disruptor." Hey, um, it looks like it works. It did a number on the old juggernaut there, and yeah, your friend there seems to be pretty docile. So, fuck it, more the merrier. We're gonna need all the help we can get. Uh, help me up here, would you? Yeah, righto. 
I pick her up. She kind of like Brenda throws her over her shoulder. You pick her yep. up. Okay, nice. <laughs> oh wow, it's um high up here. Uh, should we go? Yeah, let's do it. How's your conversation been, Unit Six? It's been enriching for both of us spiritually. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> it's been really touching, actually. So, do you guys all together walk over to the portal and uh, traipse on through? Do we want to bring the big guy with us? I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's totally up to you guys. Like, we probably have to, hey, because then they'd have the evidence of what the disruptor does. Yes, oh, yeah, I, he's got to come. Yeah, I yeah. guess he's... Or we kill him. Yeah. I love the idea of this campaign, because if we're <laughs> playing, we're going to end up with, like, fucking 20 robots. <laughs> yeah. Like, the two just... of you and, like, an army. Of, like, <laughs> Fuck yeah. Robots. Nah, yeah. Come with. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> he says, what is my purpose? Where are we going? Uh, Follow. He snaps off a quick salute, and do you guys walk through the portal? Is that the plan? Yeah, yep. fucking traipse on through. Yeah. As you guys arm-in-arm yellow brick road your way through this portal, you feel for a second as though you are about to be in the forest, in Carthus, home free, cross the border, disruptor in hand. But then, the opaque glass orb from Brendar's amulet begins to glow brightly as you step through the portal and it's almost as though some kind of glitch occurs and you feel yourselves all of you being sucked into this sphere hanging around Brendar's neck you see the vision of the Carthan forest on the other side fade and then before you know it you're all standing in a plane of infinite blackness The ground beneath you and the sky above and the land around as far as you can see is just black. You're in the web, my friends. Welcome. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.